Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick and Mike take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all other content in between. In this week's episode, the boys dig into the new viral craze of hashtag Restore the Snyderverse, and Mike unveils his plan to fix the DCEU. So, what's Restore the Snyderverse? Showboys. My name is Mike, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, good friend, Nick. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Just to know, I am not always here with you, unfortunately. But on Thursdays. Every Thursday. On Thursdays, you are, and that makes me happy. Um, but yeah, have a good week so far. Good enough. So I'm going to take my hood off. It's not really that cold down here. Um, yeah, we good we've enough been... ready for Friday, but yeah, yeah. it's been, been, been busy on all levels. Yeah. All levels busy. And, uh, I mean, personal lives have been busy, but, uh, we've also been slamming some stuff here for the podcast. Uh, I've had lots of guests on lately, uh, which has been super fun. And we're super grateful that we have people interested in (laughs) coming and talking to us about this stuff. Um, But yeah, I think it's been a while since it's just been you and I. Yeah, I think we got close, but we just pulled in a (laughs) last minute cast of guests. Uh, Just happens organically like that a lot. Indeed. Um, before we get started tonight, I uh, figure we'll do some house cleaning since we haven't had a chance to um, really you know, update you guys on what's been going on behind the scenes and whatnot. So uh, bear with us here at the start. But uh, Nick, you, you started uploading some of our backlog to a new site. Would you tell the lovely people uh, what, what's going on here? Yeah, so um, interesting enough, back in February, we had a guest, uh, our Showboys correspondent, Jordan. Uh, we had come on and he told us all about the Theta Network, which is a Twitch, YouTube, smash up uh, streaming platform service, which is built on the blockchain or a blockchain. Yes. To be specific, but we have begun a process of uploading some of our episodes there. Uh, just another place you can find us, just like all the podcasts, friendly areas, YouTube, and the likes of. So, yeah. very excited to slowly churn up, you know, the 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 essentials, the yeah. essential showboys. Yeah, and uh, I think it's going to be fun to you know dive into this new space uh if you if you take like twitch and youtube and like make them have a baby that's essentially theta tv so um yeah it'll be exciting uh hopefully soon we're we're gonna be upgrading our streaming account here uh so we can stream to multiple platforms simultaneously so uh yeah looking to add that to our repertoire for sure um but now we're just going to be slowly adding our backlog um 
as you know theta allows us <laughs> which is a little slow at the moment but yeah um yeah so that's exciting uh we're also getting very very close to our 100 subscriber goal on youtube we are about 20 away so um yeah if you could if you're listening to this if you're tuned into the live stream or you're watching this on youtube later uh and you haven't subscribed please consider um once we get to 100 subs we can get a handy dandy custom url which will help uh make it a little bit easier to find us uh so yeah subscribe please um on top of that you know our discord has been going strong lately uh We've had, I mean, even today, this morning, we had quite a great conversation uh, with some of our members. Um, the the ever popular Mel, you know, she is looking for some movie suggestions for uh, her schoolwork on mental illness. So we had a great little back and forth, bunch of people suggesting movies covering mental illness. It was really cool. Um, we always have great discussions in there. Uh, over specific shows. There's always people recommending stuff to watch or play. Uh, We have our companion series channels where you can talk all the spoiler talk you want about shows like The Mandalorian, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and more to come soon. Um, It's just a a real fun, vibrant place to be. Uh, And probably the best way you're going to be able to engage with us as Nick and I are not exactly the most active people on social media. So uh, if you want to talk with us, if you want to talk with some other listeners, uh, yeah, join up in the Discord. Uh, It's a fun place to be. Um, With that being said, Falcon and Winter Soldier series, question mark, finale, coming tomorrow. Really excited about that. Um, I say question mark because... Apparently they submitted Falcon and the Winter Soldier to whatever award show as like not a limited series. So people are like, does that mean there's going to be more than one season? Um, Do they like not a series, not a limited series, just didn't specify? Yeah. Nice big (laughs) open-ended, typical Marvel. These days, Marvel, they're very very all about subverting your expectations or just not giving you any because there's so many to choose from these days. Hey, Melanie H photography. I'm assuming this is Mel from discord because she says yay for the discord. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Um, Yeah. And if you are Mel from discord, you're a pleasure to, you know, chat with always love your contributions. Discord with discord have discord discord discourse discourse yeah yeah um but yeah so along with falcon and winter soldier we have the falcon and winter soldier companion series last week was super fun we had uh no shocker a guest <laughs> with jordan and i we were joined by mick manhattan from manhattan from our good, good old friends mick. that's right good old mick uh from the scene snobs uh it was a really fun episode we really got deep into all of the the details of the episode and it was a blast our companion series finale will be sunday night at 9 p.m um it'll be jordan and i again and we will be joined by the other some might argue better half of the scene snobs i i'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole because they're both great dudes uh but casey the madman plot will be joining us uh and mick did inform us that 
Falcon is his favorite superhero, which I did not know. So it'll be really fun to have someone on who like Falcon is his cup of tea. Uh, so I'm excited to hear his input on everything that's happened and especially the uh, guaranteed to be absurd and insane events of the finale. Um, but yeah, that's not the only companion series news we have for you guys. Why don't you uh, drop this spicy breaking news on them, Nick? Yeah, so been busy, been meaning to push out the wonderful art that we have made for this by our very own OGBB8 on Discord. Um, but coming soon, very soon, because it's coming sooner than I thought it was. It's like two weeks or less away, but we all know May the 4th is coming. That's right. Big Star Wars Day. We are going to have a big Star Wars episode in and around that time. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Going to try to do some special stuff for that. Very exciting, but it's going to be a busy season. Star Wars news and a new Star Wars show. You might have heard of The Bad Batch. Myself and on Discord, your boy Mikey, which is also my good friend, Michael Longstreet. He will be joining me as my other half on doing a companion series for the longest companion series we have yet attempted here at Showboys of the Bad Batch. Very excited for this. That's going to be super cool. Uh, You guys might know Mikey uh, from our last episode last week, uh, talking musician biopics. He joined us. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing you guys dive into the Bad Batch. I'm I'm excited for that show for sure. And like you said, it's what, 14 episodes? I'm a little fuzzy on it right now. And it was a little tricky planning, but on May the 4th, there's a 70-minute premiere, (laughs) which is Tuesday. And then the exact following Friday that week is the next episode, which will be a regular probably 30 minute with 12 minutes of credits uh, Disney plus special. So I'm not sure if that's two of the 14 episodes or not. I'm going to assume it is, but I'm also might assume it's not because 70 minutes is kind of creeping up on the Clone Wars movie, right? That, pre-existed the show so i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot lot to cover it's gonna be like a three-hour episode out the gate um (laughs) hey which we're not opposed to here at show boys Um, not at all so you're gonna be live streaming that yes yes of course and we can find you sunday nights sunday nights 9 p.m uh, streaming the live to channel. youtube maybe maybe out to facebook and theta tv at the same time that's right. So we got another comment here from Mel. I'm not ready for the finale. Speaking of Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, I'm going to cry. I already know it. Well, we'll be here for you. Um, you just cry those tears to us in Discord, and we shall do our best to comfort you. You know, I was going to say regarding how you were saying, uh, you know, was it Mick's favorite superhero is Casey's is the Falcon. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite things about um, Marvel DC and like them digging up all these kind of tertiary characters and making them no longer tertiary. um, Mm -hmm. How many, you know, all the people, just random people that are like that one right there. That's my favorite all time. (laughs) Been that way since, you know, I was born and I don't know. That's just cool that, you know, people get to finally point at, 
a whole movie or series of movies say mm-hmm. that's my favorite person um, right. versus just, you know, the usual, it's usual getting, 10. Yeah. It's getting some spotlight, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be fun to dive into and uh, we'll be sure to ask him, you know, what, what sparked his love for Falcon. Um, but yeah. Uh, speaking of, I mean, since we're on the Falcon Winter Soldier again, I have, if you've been listening to the companion series at all, um, you know, but if you haven't, I made an, a, a completely absurd, unfounded in any evidence, uh, super bold theory about how Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to connect, tie into, lead up to the events in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, up until this week, I've just been grasping at straws and coming up empty. But a few things have started popping up around the internet that are starting to, like, people are starting to come on board. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard of this theory at all uh, before we started the companion series. And to be honest, when we do companion series, I do not, like, look up any, like, other podcasts or, like, you know, pop culture shows or videos that break down episodes of, of shows and whatnot. So I haven't watched anything or read anything about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So what you get in the companion series is 100% straight from my brain after we watch the episodes. Heard it here <laughs> first. Mike That's came right. up with that theory. But a, a channel that I watch pretty regularly on everything else to get my like breakdowns and stuff uh, for fun called New Rockstars on YouTube. Eric Voss does an amazing job. He's super funny. Shout out. Um, that's right. Notice me, senpai. Um, but he put out two videos this week about how he thinks Falcon and Winter Soldier, the finale, is going to have something that leads into Shang-Chi. And I'm like, bro. I mean, I said it first, but you can take credit for it. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. He's got more subs and people that watch <laughs> right uh but i mean is it a coincidence that the the trailer for shang chi dropped this week when the finale so. of falcon and winter soldier is set to happen it was under the guise of his birthday present um the main actor you know what mm, i mean is that I a coincidence too much is falling together here they I don't picked know. an actor whose birthday <laughs> was going to fall <laughs> right before the finale of i got the role i get the role well your birthday never mind you got yeah. the role okay, don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it don't worry about it okay uh, yeah jordan our our pal jordan speaking of the companion yes, sir. Series, speaking of the jordan companion series he chimes in anything with commander rex involved i'm there uh and i and there with you for being there for him. You know, I, I, I awesome. totally can tell he's in Vegas because it's Captain <laughs> Rex and I know his state of being right now. <laughs> um, so com- he gets a complete pass through that. It's really, really entertaining. He sent yeah. me one too many <laughs> gifts earlier about his time there. So uh, that's awesome. I love that. He's a like commander Rex from Vegas. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and chiming in the comments. It always makes it real fun, but Hey, that does it for the house cleaning. Uh, thank you for sticking, sticking with us through that. It's been a while and we had a lot of stuff to update you guys on. Um, Oh, we got another comment before we get in Mel conspiracy theory or coincidence. That's the ultimate question. You know, Hey, I'm right there with you. Uh, and if <laughs> uh, actually a couple episodes in my grasping for straws, I, I threw out a theory for a post-credit scene 
and and Jordan literally cried like he was crying on the podcast. Which episode was was that? Uh, It's like episode four or something. I think three or four. But um, yeah, who knows? I guess we'll find out tomorrow, right? But enough with that. Let's get on to tonight's topic, which is what's restore hashtag restore the Snyderverse. So never heard of it. Me either. I don't even know what what's a Snyder. I don't know. What's a Snyder? Um, and why's it got a verse? Yeah, we're about to find out. Uh, but you know, if you if you guys have been listening to the show at all, you, you probably know by now. I'm a big fan of DC. Um, we were big fans of the Snyder Cut of Justice League that released, you know, just o- over a month ago. Uh, and oddly enough, we covered. We reviewed and, you know, analyzed and uh, just did a real deep dive with Jordan and our friend Tom from Be Hero Fights uh, about the Snyder Cut about a month ago, exactly, almost. Um, but yeah, we figure, you know, after hearing about the success of the Snyder Cut and all of the insane rumors that we've been covering in our newscasts uh, about the DCEU, and this hashtag restore the Snyderverse movement uh, would probably be a good thing to cover on an episode of the podcast. So I think the goal tonight is to dive into the hashtag, the new viral movement, restore the Snyderverse, and what exactly that's trying to accomplish. But I also wanted to kind of see if, if you and I, Nick, uh, can come up with a plan to help save the DCEU. You know, I'm talking like what movies, you know, in the next couple of years we should see, what what storylines, what, you know, overarching giant, you know, several year long plot points we can come up with to. to... Well, it it is on, you know, our like roadmap, no set date, but we are going to acquire Warner Brothers media at some point in time. So. Sure. Yeah, we need to we need to get some of our ideas out there. Um, That's right. And how we are going to take their IPs and actually make them profitable <laughs> and enjoyable at the same time. Because can you do both with DC? We shall find out. <laughs> and I think that's what this movement is about. That's right. Uh, so Jordan chimes <laughs> in. I know he's a captain. It was a cheap jab, but I do love Captain Rex. Sure, sure you did, buddy. Sure you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, just like hashtag release the Snyder Cut, um, the fans are are unleashing their voice. And um, now that they know it works, uh, you know, I mean, it took several years, but due to the um, viral nature of hashtag release the Snyder Cut, Warner Bros. eventually released the Snyder Cut. So... Uh, I think the fans really enjoyed what Zack Snyder did and what his original vision of the Justice League and that like trilogy of movies, uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Justice League. Uh, the story it was telling, and uh, especially with w- the way that Justice the Snyder Cut ended with that you know five minute newly shot and written epilogue, um, what that seemed to set up in the future along with, you know, some Easter eggs that were, you know, scattered throughout the movie. Um, 
fans are are wanting to see the rest of Zack Snyder's vision for the DCEU. So, you know, what better way to do that than take to Twitter, which, you know, if you just tweet things enough, uh, you can make it happen. <laughs> As we've seen uh, the good and the bad over the last several years. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad we waited a month because it seems like this 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 hashtag sticking around you know yeah it, it, it appeared what the day of mm-hmm. um snyder cut coming out so yeah and on top of that it's not only the fans speaking but we've had some celebrities voice their opinions too in support of you know restoring the Snyderverse. so um yeah dude what do you think i mean first off we'll, we'll just get this out of the way Zack snyder's original uh, slate of movies, if you will, was to tell a five-part story with five movies um, being Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, which was like a Justice League prequel, then Justice League, and then two additional Justice League movies, so like a Justice League trilogy on top of Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Um, and then I think the goal then was to reboot the dceu with the flashpoint event the flashpoint paradox in the flash movie Uh, we do know that the flash movie is happening and it is telling the flashpoint paradox so that part is still happening for sure um but uh like warner brothers does not want to (laughs) make any more justice league movies i think walter Hamada, Hamada, I believe I can't remember. Um, the the like head of DC Films for Warner Brothers uh, said, uh, "What was the exact quote? Something like uh, the Snyder Cut is like a cul-de-sac of storytelling, something like that. <laughs> Meaning it's not going to go anywhere." Uh, <laughs> so we know how WB feels about it. But on the other hand, uh, some of the spicy rumors are that HBO and HBO Max, like really want to continue on the Snyderverse um, and, you know, that including stuff that's just made strictly for HBO Max, uh, whether it be movies or shows. So um, first off, like, what are your thoughts on everything that I just like word vomited out at you? Like, are you, are you on board for wanting to see the story that Snyder has set up in his version of justice league or are you okay with, you know, that's the end. Let's move on. The Snyder verse is the only viable option forward for any sort of like continue continuity here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff out there. Everyone has their ideas and their, you know, their rumors and how they think it should happen. And I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think I care too much how it goes about, but just seeing his vision kind of fleshed out just because I like man of steel. I like Batman versus Superman. Um, all the, all what I like a lot about those. And then even with um, his justice league, is all the like weird deep cut references to things to movies and things that haven't happened yet right all the like nightmare scenes Mm -hmm. this larger um world he's setting up where i mean the Snyderverse, whether you 
finish it or not is a cul-de-sac of storytelling um, because it's going to tell his whole complete vision and story. And then with the flashpoint, they can then do whatever they want for it. Um, So there's just no reason for them not to do it. HBO, I think has a better mind about them. They want subscribers. That's been their platform for ever. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. they've always been an exclusive kind of content avenue whether it's attached to cable as a package right you pay 15 bucks a month for hbo (laughs) same thing 20 years later you just sign up with your email online you don't need a cable thing so their business model hasn't changed ever um they just have a streaming platform you can buy now without cable so they want the grittier the darker the very good even in our, and artistic because he is, he has, you know, the way he is with cinematography, he's got a, he's got a vision for sure. And he's really good at that. And mm-hmm. that just to me, that just plays into everything HBO wants and everything that people who watch HBO look for. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for it, obviously. And they can go ahead and release as many DC movies by all the DC heroes and villains as they want. But I don't think that at all impedes or I don't think the Snyderverse at all impedes with any of that, which yeah. is great. So Mel says she still hasn't watched the Snyder cut. I'm oh, a bad nerd. Well, we won't spoil know, anything here. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's definitely the better justice league for sure. Um, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. So I agree with everything you're saying right there. Um, a few things to cover the directors of the other DC movies um, featuring the characters that are in the Snyder verse, you know, the justice league. So like Aquaman and wonder woman, really, those are the only ones. Uh, But even, I mean, Shazam didn't show up in the justice league, but uh, they've all, I like, I think Patty Jenkins said at one point who directed the wonder woman movies, basically was like yeah we we don't like go into these movies with the thought of like these are all super connected to each other which i think is not a great (laughs) approach uh if you're trying to compete with marvel where everything is super interconnected and whatnot um so like these solo movies that we have had outside of the, the the snyder trilogy so far um, while they feature the same characters and the same actors playing those characters, um, they're like loosely connected at best, you know, um, which kind of is not the best. If you're, I mean, every decision WB makes is 100 completely like solely for the fact of making as much money as they possibly can. Um, the irony and how they their business model yes. is just ridiculous. And everything they do <laughs> turns their product into garbage and therefore it does not make money. <laughs> so like the money making C level executive yes platform not, or whatever not, like their level doing great. You know, they're the ones that want to make the money but it's their decisions that directly hinder them from making money. Yes. It must suck to suck. Yes. Uh, a great example I watched a video today Excuse me, I have a little tickle in my throat. Um, 
But I watched a video today of the film theorist on YouTube. It's a great channel. You should check him out. Uh, notice me. He has like a billion subs. Um, but he's he's great at breaking down movies and things of the sort. Uh, you and I had just gone and seen Godzilla vs. Kong in theaters on Tuesday. Uh, it was a fun movie. You know, obviously not like a super strong story. You know, we're just there to see, you know, a big monkey and a big lizard fight each other, uh, which it crushed on those aspects, but, you know, he broke down, uh, this, you know, the, the plot they were trying, you know, the story they were trying to tell, and then like went into all these details about how like a bunch of the movie was cut. Uh, they had like a, um, basically Godzilla vs Kong was in pre-production when Godzilla King of the Monsters came out. And then like that movie didn't do as well in the box offices WB was hoping for. So um, a lot of stuff from uh, Godzilla vs. Kong ended up getting cut from the movie uh, that would have, <coughs> excuse me, um, led to future potential movie like storylines. That makes sense. I can uh, totally see it got yeah. uh, it got um, suicide squatted. It got yeah. Justice Leagued. You yes. know, it, you definitely get that feel. Not that it's super important in that movie, and right. it's kind of like the Fast and Furious of monster movies. Um, <laughs> right. It's. I mean, even Fast and Furious movies are more connected than DC at this point in time, <laughs> um, which is super super sad. Yes. But those movies are good. Um, I'll fight Mike on it. um but yeah no now that you're saying that i you know didn't cross my mind but that makes sense because the problems with that movie that would explain a lot so like it just the movie ended right there was no like open-endedness there was no post-credit scene which there was a post-credit scene in kong skull island there was a post-credit scene i think in one of the godzilla movies maybe both i don't really remember but um yeah they kind of uh ironically seem to have a a pretty complete and tied up movie here with godzilla vs kong ironically this movie crushed at the box office probably because it's like really the only thing to see these days right now you know and it's that time (laughs) there's not much competition uh you know people are getting back out to the theaters but now it's like okay well you you kind of shot yourself in the foot because you made like i mean of course you can still make another movie but like you wasted the opportunity to like you know tie it in with this you know get people excited to go see another movie (laughs) yeah so like you take that you know wb these guys i swear um but you take that and it's like a thousand times multiplied with the dceu it's like everything they do like they have no more bullets to shoot themselves with at this point um but yeah i think man if they what do you want to say mike what do you want to say if they would just stop meddling, right? Just get their hands out of there. Let the meddling creator, kids. Yes, let the creator create. Let him tell the story. Um, but to your point, like the Flash movie, the Flashpoint Paradox is going to completely turn the DCEU upside down on its head and allow them to do anything that they want. So like, let Zach make these two movies, right? Justice League 2 and 3. <coughs> Let him finish his Snyderverse story. 
and then you already you have a built-in reboot like already coming <laughs> you know but what here, I mean? here here's the problem though you are giving like the worst company the excuse or the reason to be like, Oh, we have this movie. We can do whatever we want. Right. That's what the memo said. So let's just (laughs) still do whatever we want. So where that would be advantageous and probably any other like IP, this is going to go terribly (laughs) south for them. Probably. So they're going to be like, Hey, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. Will it make money? No. Yeah. So there's like, it will make money. Not as much as Marvel though. Sorry. Yeah. So look, before we before I put my Kevin Feige hat on and pretend mm. I'm the, the head of DCEU, um, I want to touch on something that came up in conversation <coughs> today with Mallory from work. Uh, she had recently watched Wonder Woman 1984 and mm. went on and on and on about how it was the worst movie she's ever seen in her life. Um, real quick, Jordan says Shazam was an amazing movie for DC movies that were made outside of Zack's vision. Underrated. You know, I bought the movie. I have not put it in my DVD player yet. Uh, I really should. I've heard a lot of good things about Shazam. Um, but yeah, Mallory was saying, you know, Wonder Woman 1984 is the worst movie I've ever seen. Like the first 10 minutes were awful. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just off to a rough start. Uh, but it literally kept getting worse when I thought it could not get any worse. Um, and we started talking and she was like, she brought up how Guardians of the Galaxy was such a smash, right, for Marvel. <clears throat> but the Guardians comics, you know, were kind of lesser known, you know, in the grand Marvel you know, universe or whatever. Um, at least maybe not lesser known, but lesser liked. Uh, again, I'm not a big Marvel comic guy, so. Um, but they <laughs> they took they took very deep cut characters that weren't likable and easily made them the most likable characters of them all. Yes, and here's my theory. Here's my point. Why do you think that is? Because. 80 to 90% of normal moviegoers who are going to go see these movies in theater are not super huge comic nerds, right? They're just like, oh, a new Marvel movie. Cool. Let's go check it out. So they know nothing about these characters, right? Like who, what normal person who isn't into comics is going to be like, I know who Peter Quill is. Yeah. Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon. They're my favorite. Yeah, nobody. So like there's no ex- fan expectation right? There's no way to disappoint your fan base. Very true. I mean, of course, don't misunderstand me. There are tons of Marvel comic fans. And I'm sure tons of roasted tons of guardians of the galaxy fans that went and saw these movies, like fans of the comic that went and saw the movie, but I'm saying in a large part, compare the cast or the, the cast of characters from guardians of the galaxy to Superman, Batman and wonder woman. That's like, the holy trinity of DC heroes, right? The like most popular and most well-known superheroes across the board, out, even outside of comics. Like you could walk down the street and be like, hey, you know who Superman is? Of course. You know who Wonder Woman is? Majority of people are going to say, yeah. Batman, like everyone's going to say yes. So <clears throat> you start with these iconic powerhouse characters, right? And you're not going to be able to please everyone. So like some people are going to like Snyder's take on Man of Steel and Superman. 
but a lot of people aren't because Superman is supposed to be this hopeful, like cheery, optimistic, like, no, that's Batman opposite version of Superman than we got in man of steel. But Zack Snyder was trying to tell a specific story. And in order to tell the complete story of Superman and Clark Kent in the Snyder verse, we had to start with emo Superman. Right. (laughs) Um, But like, you know, my, my whole point is like, maybe, maybe add some of the lesser known people into the DCEU and not met like let the creatives on these projects actually be able to exercise their creativity and tell their stories. So like what I would love to see, um, which hasn't really been done in superhero movies outside of uh, a movie called, called Brightburn, which is not, uh, you know, a part of DC or Marvel comics. Um, but like, horror themed superhero movies that have like horror elements to it. So let's get a new swamp thing movie. That would be so awesome. Swamp thing. Is, I know if, if Jordan is still listening, he will totally agree with me. Swamp thing is one of the coolest DC characters ever. And like James Wan, who did uh, Aquaman has a background in horror and like the scenes uh, in Aquaman with the trench when, you know, they're out in the middle of the ocean, like those <clears throat> very cool horror elements in those scenes. And like, I could, I would love to see him take on a character like Swamp Thing for kind like of, an entire run of movies. Yeah. And kind of like <laughs> in that pocket of thought, I think, um, you know, if they would have, not that I'm not very familiar, but I'm just going to refer to, like the swamp thing and those that level of characters is kind of like the the B tier right of mm-hmm. heroes here because obviously we got our like trifecta A squad right so then yeah. they they should have opened up with you know maybe opened up with the B squad right and then do some backstory there and then do the do the smash up and introduce right the a squad in the smash up kind of like the, what the what the justice league was doing right because they weren't going to have solo films when the justice league came out so kind of going in reverse order so yeah. that way now everyone's like dying over the nuances of how superman's portrayed and kills it right out the gate right or batman and stuff like that yeah um so Jordan chimes in booster gold. Uh, that, that would be the worst movie ever. <laughs> like I'm, I'm interested. I'm about to ban you from anything showboys related <laughs> for throwing that out there. Uh, Mel chimes in. Ooh, I love Brightburn. That's a great movie. If you've never seen Brightburn, definitely check it out. It's uh, very interesting. Uh, and then Jordan again says James Wan was involved early on in the Swamp Thing TV show, but stepped away quick because of its cancellation. I'm still recovering emotionally. I still haven't watched that show because of it being canceled. Like, I don't even want to <laughs> like I was so excited for that show. And then like pretty much after I don't even know if it made it to the first episode before it got canceled. But it was canceled like very, very early on. And ever since I learned of its cancellation, I was like, I don't even want to watch it because I'm going to love it. And then I'm going to be so sad that I'm not going to get any more of it. 
Um, <clears throat> but man, I would have loved to see James Wan take on Swamp Thing. Um, but yeah, uh, to your point there, I kind of really, okay, so I'm going to put my Feige hat on now. Um, well, first, before I do that. Who's Feige? Let's Kevin say Feige. He is the, he's like the, the head of the MCU. He's okay, the one that's, that's that like, guy. you know, makes the master plan. And then he unleashes his horde of directors on these movies. Mm. And he's mm. like, make great movies for me so I can buy, you know, four more yachts. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so Swamp Thing would be cool. And then you know what team Swamp Thing kind of is a part of? A little team called Justice League Dark, which is a super cool cast of characters. You have John Constantine, which you've seen Keanu Reeves take a crack at playing uh, in the Constantine movie, which uh, there are rumors floating around that there is going to be a sequel to that. Uh, There is even a Constantine TV show that ran for one season with, I believe, Matt Reeves as as Constantine, who I think also reprised his role as Constantine in the Arrowverse show when he would make, you know, his cameos here and there. Uh, You have, you know, people like Zatanna. You have uh, just a lot of cool, like, really obscure, but dark, like, horror, magic, um, you know, themed characters and stories. Um, But yeah, so I would love to, I would love to see Justice League Dark thing. Um, But anyway, so hat on. Um, I would keep the way that they introduced the DCEU, the way it it was like, I liked starting with a Superman movie leading into Batman versus Superman, which I consider, I mean, it's literally called Dawn of justice. Like if that doesn't scream justice league prequel any louder than it, you know, having the cast of justice league in it basically. Um, And then following it up with justice league one. I like this approach because it's, the complete opposite of Marvel, right? If I wanted to watch Marvel stuff, I would go watch Marvel stuff. But like, why try to copy something that's already been done? Like, do it your do do it your own way. Um, but I like starting with a massive story that r- involves team ups, right? And you saw how in the Snyder Cut um, the events of Batman versus Superman, like, come into play. How, like, Bruce Wayne, you know, how Batman's fear of Superman in that movie, like, you see that play out in these nightmare scenes, these premonitions that they all have, right? The entire thing is we can't let Superman turn to the dark side. Terrible pun, but I'm going to use it as often as possible because he's Superman. Like we can't stop Superman. It's Superman. What are you going to do? Like we're, we're not Kryptonians. Um, I mean, that's the, sh- I mean, to me, that's the, like one of the strongest parts of Zack Snyder's yeah. DC is that Superman has an arc and has potential divergent arcs that could happen where, I mean, I'm not a big Superman fan before man of steel, but I guess never watched a lot of Superman stuff. Cause he's boring. Um, yeah, there was someone in the office that had strong opinions on Superman in general as being like the worst superhero ever. <laughs> um, and I couldn't argue with him necessarily. Not that he's the yeah. worst ever, but he's not that intriguing as I just upset a lot of Superman uh, <laughs> um, truists. So, yeah, I mean, he can literally do everything, but I mean, he was created in a time when, you know, 
the yeah. society needed hope, you know? Like, yeah. So it makes sense. But yeah, to the, in today's world, it kind of <clears throat> is boring for a lack of a better word. But yeah, you see basically Snyder is telling like the injustice story, which is cool. Um, but you start with this massive storyline, this massive plot line that as you see in Snyder, Snyder's, Snyder cut for I don't know why I couldn't say that but in the Snyder cut there are so many ways now that you can branch out with solo movies from the things that happened in the Snyder cut um <clears throat> so Deathstroke the post credit scene you know with Lex Luthor is back uh Deathstroke is an awesome villain and an amazing character so like I guess my vision for Justice League 2 and 3, it could be totally off what Snyder has or what's floating around out there. But what I would do is I would have Deathstroke be the main villain of Justice League 2, right? He's talking to Lex because he wants he, you know, he wants to find out who Batman is. What does the Flash tell Batman in the premonitions, right? He warns Batman that she's the key. Lois is the key. Like, and then what do we find out in the uh, epilogue of the Snyder Cut? The reason Superman broke bad is because Lois died. And how did that happen? Bruce Wayne let her die somehow. It was he was not able to save her. Now, whether that was at the hands of the Joker or Deathstroke is completely you know, up in the air, but I would posit to say justice league two could tell the story of Deathstroke trying to hurt Bruce. And in his attempts to hurt Bruce, he kills Lois Lane somehow. Maybe the Joker is intertwined there somehow. Um, and then at the end of justice league two, you know, Superman finds out about, that and he breaks bad, right? And Darkseid kind of comes back because he knows that Lois is the key. And then Justice League 3 is them trying to, you know, defeat or, you know, un- uncorrupt <clears throat> Superman by going back in time or something to save Lois. I don't know. Something like that. But you could also have a Ben Affleck solo movie as Batman where he's facing off against Deathstroke, who now knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne, thanks to Lex Luthor. Um, The Flash is introduced in in the Snyder Cut, so of course, you know, solo movie there. Maybe you have one solo Flash movie before the Flashpoint Paradox. Um, Wonder Woman has already had two solo movies at this point. Aquaman has already had his solo movie. There's a sequel in the works. Cyborg, who's like the main player of the Snyder Cut, does not have anything. And I would love to get an origin story of Cyborg or a continuation of his character growth from the Snyder Cut in a solo movie. Um, Those are just like a few little things that you could do. Uh, Do you have any ideas there? Uh, And then we have a couple more comments to go over. Well, I feel like the Snyder Cut kind of doubled as like a origin story for Cyborg, which I think was really cool that, you know, you have this team up movie and they sneak an origin story in there because um, they really kind of 
explained everything you can about him. Yeah. Um, so I would say he, you know, he could get a solo film um, post Justice League. Um, you know, obviously there there's Martian um, Manhunter. Martian Manhunter, you're right. Um, lots of stuff to do there. I would love to see, you know, the Joker whether it's, you know, a more tied in suicide squad or just a Joker movie. Um, I don't know what the precedence is for Lex Luthor like movie, or at least have him like, that would be the Batman movie, I guess having him kind of tied in there. Um, but even the, I mean, even the planned, you know, the trench movie, right. I don't know where in the timeline that would fall with all that, but I don't see any reason why they couldn't make it work, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's set up. I don't know if you could squeeze in a Superman movie in there. Well, you have, so you mentioned Martian Manhunter, which I didn't even throw out there, but he's a super cool character that obviously needs some more explaining, but we didn't, we also didn't even mention the green lantern Easter eggs that were Mm -hmm. riddled all throughout this Snyder cut. And uh, we all know the <laughs> the awful Ryan Reynolds uh, Green Lantern movie, but um, yeah, I would love to see a, a newer <coughs> reboot of Green Lantern with like John Stewart or Hal Jordan, um, and that's like a a huge universe to dive into there. Um, but yeah, we got a couple comments here. Mel says Feige currently owns my soul. Yes, with a lot of other people uh you are not alone and she also says superman is too boy scout in my honest opinion yeah yeah um he's definitely a less interesting and more steve rogers steve rogers (laughs) but 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 snyder world snyderverse he's like the tempted boy scout He's on the verge of breaking at any at moment. All time, <laughs> at all times. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking here. So I have, uh, against my better judgment, I'm going to throw this up on the screen here. But um, a long time ago, it's kind of hard to see because of, you know, stuff. But let's see if I can make this yes. a little bigger. There we go, a little bit bigger. Uh, but I made this <laughs> Google spreadsheet on the New 52 comics run. And uh, looking through here of just heroes that popped up in the Justice League New 52 run, um, you know, Green Arrow we haven't seen uh, outside of the CW, which would be a cool uh, character to look into. Um, Martian Manhunter, like you said, Shazam, we have a solo movie, but you know, he does show up in the Justice League at times in the comics. Firestorm, Hawkman, uh, Jordan, Jordan, I'm pretty sure loves Hawkman. Uh, he's a cool character. Uh, Firestorm, Black Lightning, um, Nightwing, Red Hood. Uh, but one really cool thing that happens in the uh, new 52 Justice League run is I forget exactly how this happened, but the crime syndicate was introduced and they are basically the inverse of the Justice League. Uh, and they're all terrible, like bad villains, right? Uh, you have 
Atomica, Owlman, Ultraman, Superwoman, Johnny Quick, Grid, Deathstorm, and Power Ring. And there's like a whole run. Uh, Superwoman's a villain? Yeah. That's all cool. those. There and and like, okay, so Owlman is the evil Batman. Ultraman is the evil Superman. Superwoman is the evil Wonder Woman. Johnny mm-hmm. Quick is the evil Flash. Grid is the evil Cyborg. Um <clears throat> power cool. ring is the evil yeah. green lantern um so like that's a whole other story arc that would be super cool to explore in the dceu man Especially, it's like they actually have like content to like make movies about right um especially with the okay so the flashpoint paradox is for introducing the multiverse right and these uh inverse of the justice league come from a different universe so like hello there's your entry for the crime syndicate. Uh, and then, you know, you have, you know, Justice League Dark. You have <clears throat> uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah, there's just so many. So Everyone many. know we are on line 280 of your spreadsheet. Yes. Um, uh, I brought it off the screen because it's getting, you know, just to be just real obscure at this point. But... Let me let me just scroll down to the very end of my log. Uh, the last row is three thirteen. So there's three hundred and thirteen rows here, and I haven't updated this log in like two years. But it, it tried. I tried to outline all of the new fifty two trades uh, for my reading pleasure. But yeah, there's just uh, so much untapped potential in the DCEU. And um, actually, like, the Aquaman movie had a lot of story elements from one of my favorite uh, Justice League books, which was The Throne of Atlantis, I think, where basically um, Orn and the Atlanteans waged war on the surface. But um, I think in the middle of that, like, Darkseid invaded or something, so they kind of had to, like, stop fighting each other. But that, I mean, that's basically what Aquaman was, right? Or right. in the surface. But yeah, there's just uh, there's so much that they can do, and I just wish that WB could get just get their hands like away from all of these properties. Um, and what we're seeing, uh, they're attempting with the Flashpoint is. Basically, it, it should follow the Flashpoint paradox from the comics, where Barry, tra- it, it was explained in uh, the the Snyder cut that Barry can run so fast that he can run back in time, right? He can alter time itself through the Speed Force, which is you know definitely a thing that he can do, uh, which is the whole point of the Flashpoint paradox. He goes back in time to save his mother from being murdered, uh, which then prevents his father from being, uh, you know, accused of murdering his wife and going to jail. Uh, But when he does that, he alters the multi, like the timeline. So instead of Bruce Wayne being Batman, uh, Thomas Wayne is Batman. And I think Bruce is the one who died in the alley instead of Thomas and Martha. Um, 
Barry Allen or, you know, whichever version of the flash is when he goes back in time, he no longer has his powers. Like he, it changes everything. Um, so what they're, I think what they're going to try to do here is maybe instead of changing everything like that, it's just going to crack the multiverse open. And so we're seeing things like Michael Keaton is returning with Ben Affleck, both playing their versions of Batman in the new flash movie. Um, it's being tossed around that Grant Gustin, who is the flash from the CW Arrowverse, he might be making a cameo in this movie as the flash, which Ezra Miller has already made a cameo in the flash show on the CW as the Snyderverse flash. Um, so, you know, we're already seeing them set up this whole multiverse thing. And they've even come out to say that basically when the flashpoint happens, like it will validate every DC property you've seen. So like Christian Bale's Batman will be, a part of the DCEU because that's like earth 732 Batman, you know, you know what I want to see? <clears throat> yeah. I want to see, it'll be tricky because all the actors are aging, but I think it would be enough to work. And obviously some of them are dead. Um, but with the multiverse thing, do a smash up where all the jokers have to like team up and fight or all the jokers fight themselves maybe right <laughs> or all the jokers team up and they try to fight all the batmans i don't know it's just something yeah. like weird like that just because they could um like a real alien versus predator vibe but um <laughs> right so mel chimes in she says i would happily watch a nightwing or red hood movie or show but most dc bores me um if you haven't already i would recommend watching the show Titans on HBO Max. Um, it follows Dick Grayson and the Teen Titans, or at least some of the Teen Titans. Uh, it's a pretty good show. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like super top notch, but it was very entertaining, pretty brutal, and uh, the fight scenes were amazing. And um, the the cast of characters they pulled from the Teen Titans were pretty cool. So if you haven't watched that, I would uh, check that out. Uh, so when you say most of DC bores you, are you talking about the movies or just DC as a whole? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so we're also seeing Warner Brothers uh, just come out and say, like, there's, there's just different Earths, right? Uh, you know, Straight adding up. on to this multiverse thing they're not even waiting for a flashpoint they've said you know robert pattinson's the batman earth takes two. place on earth two so that whole franchise of movies which i'm sure it'll be a handful of movies because robert pattinson is relatively young it's telling the story of a young batman so there should be room for growth of the character as well as a lot of time for Pattinson to be able to play the character. <clears throat> um, that whole franchise of movies will exist outside of the Snyderverse or whatever the current like DCEU canon is, while also being a part of the DCEU. So they can you know, tell their own Batman story over there. So 
that's really cool first off but then you know that gives you more possibilities so like where does joaquin phoenix's joker where does that take place is that like earth 2 have they said that or are you speculating i'm speculating because it could work because bruce is so much younger in that movie and they wouldn't really have to you know joaquin phoenix can add five years and they can pretend uh pattinson's like 18 right because he still looks like he's around 20 or it could totally be like joaquin phoenix was like the inspiration for what become ultimately becomes the joker true yeah he's like like, uh yeah he's the inspiration yeah that that would be interesting yeah because at that move that move i forget exactly when that takes place but bruce is a character and he's a young boy yeah I feel like I feel like it's like the it's you know it's it's a Gotham it's an 80s Gotham right that's kind of yeah. like the vibe or a 90s whenever it was kind of set but um it's always futuristic and not so right. I think yeah. I think in the Gotham world it was kind of like an 80s 90s so that could place Pattinson and you know close to present day maybe a little while ago and that would get would you go for a younger Joker than Pattinson like um like a gotham the series kind of young joker mm. or i don't know i'd probably I, I don't know if i would continue to use joaquin phoenix's joker that's what i mean if we're going Not... into the pattinson verse yeah um but i'm I saying probably, if you were to put a joker in the pattinson universe yeah it would probably be around i would say around the same ages yeah bruce in there or maybe a little maybe like slightly older or maybe slightly younger. I don't know. I mean, it could work either way. Uh, I, feel like, would... I feel like Christian Bale and um, Heath Ledger, their characters were of similar yeah. age range. Yeah, but I can't I can't see the Patton verse, which I'm now calling it, uh, exclude the Joker. It's just a character that yeah. will never not be used. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, and not to, I mean... Obviously, they wanted to use Heath Ledger more than they right. did. So I feel like they are due. You know, I, people want to see a multi-movie arc Batman Joker yeah, go down. And it just hasn't been able to happen for a new, you know, Heath Ledger was kind of going to be that. Yeah. And they were kind of robbed of that. So I feel like yeah. I f- to your point about R- Pattinson's being quite a bit younger um that would make sense yeah for sure and mel says all of it i'm sorry to hear that well i'm glad also glad that you're (laughs) hanging out for an entire dc (laughs) podcast episode (laughs) so thank you um but yeah maybe hopefully some something will change that for you sometime uh but it's okay to not like dc that's fine too um but yeah uh Honestly, I might get a lot of flack for saying this, but um, I would love to see more Jared Leto's Joker. Yes. Like, I would like Joker. to see more of Lex Luthor. Um, yes, same. Uh, I love all I know, the Snyderverse characters. I know some people who, I mean, obviously everyone hates Jared Leto's Joker, but I know some oh, people who God. also hate uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor as much, mm. uh, which I mean, I get, but like, I get, but I feel like that's why I like them. Now, yeah. I don't like them because people hate them, but I like them for their... They're not straight adaptations yeah. straight off the page of the comic, right? 
yeah. there, there's a little bit of room for the there's creative in them. like yeah. interpretation. Um, but yeah, um, shoot, I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Oh, part of I mean, obviously, the epilogue of the Snyder Cut sold Leto's Joker on me. The Suicide Squad did not. Um, he was he was fun in that, and that was about it. And that, yeah, and, and but, that was another victim of of yeah. studio meddling. That movie, uh, clearly, if you just watch the trailers, like, yeah, the trailers don't even like line up to to each other. I mean, uh, it's got a Godzilla <clears throat> versus Kong effect, right? I mean, that's yeah. that you you can tell these days when that kind of thing happens yeah. because you have great characters like the Joker, right? There's nothing wrong with Leto's Joker. It was. The use um, of mean, his there character. Were a few things, but yeah, but still. the large in part you can say it was the composition of the movie and the use that, of his scenes. Yes, they they very uh, mishandled the use of the Joker in that movie, and a lot of it probably is poor writing too. So it, the scenes it, that we did see the Joker, <laughs> right? So I feel the same way about Godzilla vs Kong. Is that like there are very good characters in that movie mm-hmm. that just we're kind of there to be there. You right. know what I mean? You could cut half the actors in there. Paper boy. You cut half the actors in there and you have the same movie. They yeah. contributed in no way. Just like the Joker didn't really contribute much to um, the suicide squad. Right. He was just uh, hanging out. We should also, so two things. One, uh, there is a hashtag floating out about the air cut, which yeah. is <laughs> the creator of the, of, Suicide Squad, I w- but we have to quit calling it the Suicide Squad because the new Suicide Squad is called That's so painful the Suicide Squad, not Can't Suicide Squad Two, not Suicide Squad colon a- another name. Uh, but I am really excited for the Suicide Squad because it is uh, being helmed by James Gunn, the creative mind behind the Guardians of the Galaxy. So like. Perfect guy to take on this cast of characters for sure. It's going to be nuts. Um, but so, like, not only did the epilogue sell me on Leto's Joker, but I have to give mad props to Jordan, who recently made an appearance on our friend Tom's podcast, Be Hero Fights. They had a little tournament uh, on who is the best cinematic Joker. So Jordan, <clears throat> on his own free will, chose Jared Leto because he is a psychopath, much like the Joker. Um, that's why he's a showboy's correspondent. He has right. a unique set of talents. <laughs> that's right. He has a unique set of skills. Um, he channeled his inner Liam Neeson and uh, went up against the likes of Heath Ledger. Romeo. Was he on? Oh, I can't even remember. No, he wasn't. The Jokers that he went up against. I know Heath Ledger was one of them. I, th- I don't think Mark Hamill was. I don't think uh, Heath Ledger. I'm getting the two. The oh two my gosh. Confused. Anyways, regardless. Yeah. If regardless of who the other Jokers were, Gotham beat, Joker. He beat Heath Ledger. Like yeah. Jordan was able to argue and debate his way to victory against Heath Ledger. I mean, come on, that's insane. Uh, so he moved on to the, f- the final against Jack Nicholson's Joker. And 
if you go back, all right, so I love Tom. I love Brian. I love Be Hero Fights. And if you want more of them, join our Discord. They have a they, great little subsection yes. where they just light it up with the hottest, <laughs> hottest mashups. Yes. Uh, they their, their little section in our Discord is always uh, popping off and have a lot of fun little debates going on in there. But I have to say, Tom, Brian, you guys made a grave mistake. After listening to the final Leto versus Nicholson, Jordan annihilated the the uh, the competition there. Like his argument is so good, and I'm not just saying that because he's on our show, or because Showboy's perfect record on B Hero fights has been ruined. Uh, but. Yeah, the argument that Jordan was able to make in favor of Jared Leto being like the like <clears throat> he's the only Joker to you know kill a, a superhuman, a metahuman, which happened not didn't happen in Justice League, but uh, one of the other movies he was in, um, and like I don't know, you can just tell like especially in that scene, like there's just. That this like Bruce Wayne fears Jared Leto and and his Joker, and it's crazy. Like it's such a good take on the Joker, and I just want I want more of it. But definitely go watch the Be Hero fights for their Joker tournament, uh, and listen to Jordan like argue <clears throat> for Jared Leto. It will change your mind on the character. I mean, to that point, not to d- dig into that too much, um, and not to pump up Leto too much. Um, <laughs> But like Jack Nicholson, right? Or you look at Heath Ledger. Um, they 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 literally have do ballet. They dance with the Batman, right? It's yeah. some sort of like symbiotic relationship, or it it's almost playful, right? Um, where especially with the epilogue of Zack Snyder's Justice League, he built this deeper deeper threat between the two of them like they literally hold the keys to like each other's life and like the entire fate of that world yeah well through like, their, through their <laughs> relationship and how they react to each other right yeah. so christian bale and heath ledger can just do their shenanigans all across gotham and it's kind of okay it's neither here nor there and the same thing with jack nicholson super kind of um very fun joker whereas leto's is leto and the bat flag are just menacing well Um, like okay so in batman versus superman excuse me you have robin's suit in the bat cave yeah and it's highly inferred that it was the joker who killed robin right which is a huge blow to batman but like what other movies have you seen the Joker like do a like take such a uh like blow to Batman himself? Mm-hmm. Like he literally killed Robin, right? Um, and then it is highly inferred that the Joker played a big role in Lois Lane dying, which 
brought about the end of the world. <laughs> like, yeah, he destroyed like, the, the world. The Joker is highly responsible for the apocalypse. <laughs> like, what yeah. other Joker has done anything like that? Like, Heath Ledger tried to blow up a boat with some people on it, and he blew up a hospital. Terrible things, but the world still, like, continued to rotate and was not, you know, turned into a giant Omega wasteland. Yeah, and you know, and this is probably a slight to Snyder's um, Superman, and it's the complaint people have against it. But Superman, you know, fell to the Joker's shenanigans, right? His game, you know, he succumbed to it. Is that is that a weakness in the character that Superman is in Snyderverse? Yeah, I mean, that's the way the characters wrote, but yeah. that's also the way the Joker's wrote. Like he is this undermining element to that entire entire thing that even in that epilogue batman can't deal with him like to the point where they have some sort of weird messed up truce yeah you know that is how ingrained the joker is into the all that yeah is that Which, he can't be killed by the way in the uh the one premonition of you know, Superman destroying the Hall of Justice and he's like floating over, you know, Kilowog's dead body, right? You see the the Joker card like flutter across the screen and it's ripped in half. So something happened yeah. to where Bruce broke the truce. Hey, that rhymed. Um, <clears throat> but speaking of Leto here, Mel chimes in. She says I would be open to see more of Leto. It was going in an interesting direction before they butchered the movie. Amen. Um, but yeah, I'm not only did the Joker bring up upon us the end of the world, but he literally was responsible for corrupting the greatest superhero of all time. <laughs> right? <laughs> the incorruptible Superman. He turned him to the dark side. Uh, but like just on the epilogue alone, like there's so much interesting stories uh, to like dive into. Like, yeah, not only is the Joker introduced in the epilogue, but like Deathstroke is working with Batman and the Flash and Mara. Aquaman has been killed. Wonder Woman has been killed. Superman is now the greatest threat to the world. And Darkseid apparently has won. The sky is the limit. Like, I mean, <laughs> even even if it is a cul-de-sac of storytelling, I want to go to every house in this cul-de-sac and see yes. what's going on. <laughs> like, I want to. I don't. You know, like, I go in the house, I come out, but at least I got to see. Fill me in on what the hell's happening with yeah, that epilogue. Exactly. That alone, just even that cast of characters that showed up there. Like, how did that happen? That's really bizarre. Yeah. Exactly. And like, yeah, exactly to your point. Like when you drive into a cul-de-sac, you have to leave somehow. <laughs> and so like, you're going to drive on the opposite side of the road. So yeah, let's see what's on the opposite side of the road here as we leave the cul-de-sac for sure. Um, Mel chimes in again. She says, damn, you guys are definitely selling me on the Snyderverse. Well, hey, just watch the Snyder cut. He does a lot better job than we do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we're glad we may be bringing you to the dark side. Um, uh, again, I'm just going to use that pun as often as possible. Um, that, that's that's DC's fault for having very corny names. But right. I like Jordan's explanation of that as a different time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but 
so so we've kind of laid out all the different options, not all the different options, but some of many, many, many options that that Warner Brothers could take with the DCEU. And the Snyderverse really only has two more movies left of his planned like franchise of DC films. So what's the worst that could happen? Right. And at, at the best, it will spawn (laughs) new solo projects for other directors to take on. Right. So like, like wonder woman, Aquaman, Shazam, uh, they've all said that those movies are very loosely connected, right? So they're kind of their own thing at this point. So like you could do that with a Deathstroke or a Cyborg or something. I mean, maybe not Cyborg because he was such a huge player in the Justice Imagine, Imagine if Marvel was like, thank you, Favreau, for Iron Man. We'll just take over from here. Goodbye. <laughs> well, I mean, they did, but they did it in like the right way. Right. They're like, hey, what you're doing here is pretty cool. How do we make it even cooler? Right. But Instead like, of just being like, like, go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. WB is like, uh, th- not even thanks. I mean, I'm actually going to have someone else rewrite your actually... movie <laughs> while you're dealing with a terrible personal tragedy. <laughs> I get you got to step away. So we'll do you one better. You're fired. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't worry about coming back. We got this. We have a great track record. Um, God. But yeah, Trash. so we we've gone over some options. I've I've given some ideas of of DC properties that I think would be super cool to explore. And we already have the you know major plot line advancing at least for the final two Justice Leagues. And then at the Flashpoint Paradox, again, it's already built in cinematic reboot. So after the the par- the Flashpoint Paradox, you can literally start the DCEU over again with different characters, different versions of these characters with an entirely different storyline. But like how would this play out? WB is very very cautious with what they release in theaters versus how much money they're expected to get in return for these releases. So they've already unveiled a plan to release a lot of straight to HBO Max DC movies. And there are already some talks of HBO Max series, a Green Lantern series, a Gotham series that basically sounds like a more mature and HBO version of (laughs) Fox's Gotham. It's going to be, you know, focused on, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Um, actually, uh, Bernard, I forget. I think his name's Jeffrey Wright. And I have a little mat flying around my computer. It's driving me nuts. Um, uh, but Bernard from uh, Westworld. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, the first season. Yeah. So Bernard, I'm pretty sure his name's Jeffrey Wright. But he's going to be playing Commissioner Gordon, <clears throat> which is cool. Yes. Um, he's a great actor. But, you know, some of these ideas... Uh, there's rumors of a Batflex series and, and Ben Affleck actually getting to make his solo Batman movie, which was in the works. And then, you know, the box office 
bombing of Batman vs Superman happened, and then Ben Affleck was kind of like done with Batman after the Justice League and the nightmare <coughs> that that was. <coughs> but he came back for the Snyder Cut and seems to be a little reinvigorated. You know, maybe he gets his Batman movie. Uh, these things can go straight to HBO Max. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, how would you approach it from a release perspective? And, like, how would you, like, would you suggest uh, taking, like, the Disney Plus MCU route of these mini series, right? Like, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and Hawkeye and all the limited series they have in the works or even like regular series uh, just really straight to their streaming service to help build out, flesh out the, uh, the universe they're building and tell the stories of some of these tertiary lesser known characters that will then, you know, end up playing out in a movie or something. Like, like what do you think the best option would be? I mean, I'm a big fan of just, you know, the Disney plus model works right. And it's the HBO model. Um, so they need to just kind of take that over. I don't know. I don't, I don't see the bat fleck being a series though. Like that's, and I, I just feel like for some reason, I just feel like there's some sort of maturation of the whole universe, right. Of, of movies that kind of needs to happen <coughs> in the way Marvel did it. Um, there's just something that makes sense there where the series just kind of come later, but there's no reason they can't rehash that. Um, it would be interesting to see the series kind of take lead, right. And then move into movies. Um, but definitely, I mean, the Snyderverse can definitely go straight to HBO, like the whole thing. Um, for sure. I would love that. So much. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I, I mean, do the theater simultaneous thing, but you know, right to HBO out the gate, just as like a special Snyder perk. Yeah. You know, one thing that I forgot to mention during the like things that they could do story wise is Ben Affleck plays an old Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. Relative to like being a superhero, like Ooh, he's, Batman Beyond. He's yes, exactly. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, you could totally play out a Batman Beyond storyline. Man, that too would be bad. So cool. Too bad they're putting Pattinson <clears throat> just in the bat suit. They need to put him in the Batman Beyond bat suit because that's a way better fit. Yeah, dude. Uh, but I mean, yeah, bring on a a replacement Batman too for for Ben Affleck to mentor and then play a Batman Beyond storyline. That would be so cool. Batfleck is totally looking for that. He yeah, needs dude. then his life. He's, he's so he tired. Is, he is ready to hang up the cowl for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, I don't think the re- the, the Snyderverse will be restored. Dang. Um, I think WB is going to like really put their foot in the ground here. They are a, a spineless, heartless uh, studio that I hate with every fiber of my being because they destroy every project they touch, but you know, and they own all the things you love. (laughs) I know (laughs) no bias on my part. Um, but I I just don't see him doing it. I don't see him eating crow twice, you know, like it took 
what six years for them to release the Snyder cut. <laughs> um, yeah, but they turned out to be wrong in that situation, and the Snyder cut was pretty good success, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and um, but, I can't believe they would spend. I mean, HBO spent it, but like thirty million to finish it. Yeah, but I mean, really, AT and T was behind they were the ones that really gave the green light because at&t owns everything apparently uh, yeah. i believe they own warner brothers who and hbo and all that stuff um and i think at&t likes to make money regardless of it's like the projected amount that they thought they were going to make of like billions and billions and billions of dollars or just like a profit <laughs> you know well, they they have increased the revenue this past quarter, and their stock is on the uptrend because they're go. making money. And we're just going to say that was because of the Snyder Cut. Yeah, uh, Stonk Boys, you heard it here first. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if it will be restored, and if it is restored, it's literally two movies. Just let them let them finish it out, then you can reboot with the paradox uh, in the Flash movie, and all is well. Well, no. Not all as well, but you can eventually get what you wanted. Uh, but I just feel like there's so much left on the table with these characters. Um, I would love to see a solo cyborg stuff. Like, he will never come back. <laughs> I don't know if you know anything about the Ray Fisher right. drama, but uh, that bridge has been burnt. Like, yeah, enough to know it's been, <laughs> yeah, enough to know it's been burned. Yeah, it's been like burnt and then like, pieced together for the Snyder cut. And then like Thanos snapped out of existence, like dusted the bridge. Yes. Um, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's sad because uh, his character was cool and cyborg. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I say all that to say probably the spiciest rumor out there. We had mentioned that there are celebrities who have endorsed the movement Kevin Smith being a very vocal voice, vocal voice. Of course, it's a vocal voice, um, but a very vocal person in the uh, the comic world. Um, he basically is like, yeah, just let Zack Snyder do whatever he wants and just throw it on HBO Max. Which, true. Like, true. Load up HBO Max with content, you'll get a ton of subscribers. Like, not everything, I guess, as much as I'd love to see these movies in theaters, because I love going to theaters, I will totally watch them on a streaming service, you know? Um, he's supported. Uh, allegedly, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson himself, is like a huge supporter of the Restore the Snyderverse, probably because he's really good friends with Henry Cavill and like has wanted to, you know, he Dwayne Johnson is... Uh, doing a Black Adam movie, uh, which comes out this summer, I believe. Uh, and he wants to face off against Snyder's Justice League, in particular, Henry Cavill's Superman. So <clears throat> obviously that can't happen if there's no Snyderverse uh, and Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. Um, but spicy rumor floating about is the fate of the Snyderverse rests on the success of Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam movie. Um, box office success, I'm assuming. So 
It's probably going to do very well. Yeah, and apparently he has like complete creative control, like so much so that he is like like going to the people that matter at the studio and being like, dude, like let's keep the Snyderverse going. Um, so at least we have those two heavy hitters on our side, you know, maybe on top of the fan, uh, you know, viral movement, um, they can help us, uh, get, get what we want to see. And that's the rest of the Snyder first. Um, but Mel chimes in again. Of course, Kevin Smith has, I don't think you could find a bigger fanboy. So true. Nick and I were just talking about this the other day. Like I love watching his reaction videos, uh, particularly to like uh, Spider-Man and uh, the uh, Infinity War and Endgame where he's just like literally sobbing on video because he loves the movies so much. <laughs> I love Kevin Smith. Like that dude, I would love to hang out with him. And Mel also says, uh, and he's friends with Batfleck, which is very true. Ben Affleck has been in a, handful of kevin smith movies and yeah of course he's probably gonna have his friends back there which uh i don't blame him uh but i actually i loved ben affleck as batman yeah. his take on batman was awesome uh but a lot of people weren't a fan of it um again it's a different version of batman he's old he's cynical he's he's done being batman like well he this- I, I feel like if you were to do prequels on the bat fleck like three movies ago he retired and he was done being the batman <laughs> but he's stuck being the freaking batman which is why a, he's perfect for a batman beyond setup but exactly like he's 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 done of well, like everything he, he's done to try to save gotham like it never works like the, he's the not, criminals keep popping up. So he's at this point he's just like whatever. Like I don't even care anymore. I'm gonna like brand people with the bat <laughs> with right. the bat signal. I'm gonna like shoot people. Like he he's done. Like his morals have kind of gone out the window because he's just like, what's the point? Like nothing I do is making a difference. Yeah, he's for sure a good a good mix with uh, the Batman Beyond Elder Batman. Mm, with some yeah. Snyder elements, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I guess to end the episode here, if you want to see the Snyder verse restored, go watch black Adam in theaters, like five times, <laughs> five times, <laughs> the rock, Dwayne Johnson will make it happen. Yeah. Uh, and then if, if he's able to restore the Snyder verse, I will 100% vote for him in 2024 when he runs for president <laughs> that, if and that did. should be his platform. I've restored the Snyder verse. I mean, what else do you guys want? What else do you want? What else can you <laughs> ask for? Yeah. I mean, I've done, I've literally done the impossible. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, do you have any uh, closing comments here on the DCEU or anything? No, but I mean, it just has so much potential and it it could go so many places and it still can, you know, it's by no means dead. They can do literally whatever they want. Um, Like you say, they just need to get out of their own way. Um, I mean, and there's not much more damage that can be done. So if people are still finding like scrapes and, 
things yeah. to cling to that are good, that are hopeful, then I mean, one way only way to go is up, right from here. So <laughs> so true. It's a uh, yeah. They just they need to get on the same page, right? Like if they want to compete in this landscape, like you have to have the the interconnectivity between your movies, right? That's what people are looking for in comic movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you can do the, the multiverse, the different worlds, the patent verse, like that's totally fine. But like make all of those movies connect with each other, make all the like other DC movies that have the same characters played by the same actors, like tie them together intentionally. Yeah. And I would say they don't obviously the way they're doing it with the, when they do the same actor, same universe, same like what's going on thing, like that's super confusing for your everyday goer, right? You know, because they're going because they want to see a superhero movie. They're also going because maybe they want to get a little bit more engaged with it. But when you do weird stuff like that, they do, and they're like, wait a second, this has nothing to do with the other movie that I went and saw in, in my free time. What's right. going on here? That doesn't help, right? And that takes away the like that's what I liked about Marvel is especially now, like I, um, I've said where I'm kind of getting it now with the series and the deeper explanations of things. And they're yeah. starting to really connect everything. I like that stuff. So if I were to go into these movies and spend time <laughs> and watch them and then just for them to be like, yeah, no, they don't really connect or there's no deeper arc here. I'm gonna be like, what the hell? Yeah, why are you using the same character? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's uh, why. That's why they seem to stay away from that if they're not going to do it. Right, and they just seem to do solo movies, which I think they're good at. Like the Joker by itself, good movie. movie. They made money; it was fine. And yeah. even I mean, doing things with like the Bale Batman, yeah. just three movies, spark it right here. That's kind of how Batman's been done in the past. Mm. Bring it together just ever so slightly with the Flashpoint. Yeah. And call well, it a day. Okay. So Marvel in the beginning, they weren't like explicitly like all popping up in each other's movies, right? They right. were they were true solo movies, but they were tied together by a much larger plan, mostly in the beginning through like post credit scenes. Yeah. You know? It wasn't until you got like <clears throat> two or three years in that like they started crossing over into each other's movies. Well, and the crazy and then, thing was that the post credit scenes back then weren't required to watch. Yeah. If you were if you didn't know, like from the comics, they they were, they meant nothing because they're yeah. like, oh, to me, they meant nothing because I couldn't do anything with that information unless I wanted to go on the Internet and look it up. Right. And it wasn't really until like the first Avengers movie where you're like, oh, oh there it is. Yeah. yeah. So like they don't just sprinkle some things that just like try tie them together you don't have to like every movie doesn't have to be a team up every movie doesn't have to be a batman versus superman where you know you have two of those characters and you don't have to have a feige like just just just, just sprinkle try. little, just try little, little things yeah um <laughs> but yeah that's it that's that's my rant um thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight <clears throat> thank you mel and jordan for chiming in in the comments and uh you guys always make it a blast to do the show when you're commenting along you know you guys always add so much to the discussion um yeah 
if you're watching this on YouTube, please, please, please consider subscribing if you like what you heard. If you're listening to this on one of our audio platforms and uh, you enjoyed the show t- uh, today, um, consider rating and reviewing where applicable. And yeah, those things, they just, they really help us, um, you know, get into the algorithm and get out there to those who aren't intentionally looking for us. Um, we have, you know, as we talked about at the top of the episode, the Falcon and Winter Soldier companion series finale coming up Sunday at 9 p.m. right here on YouTube live. Uh, we will be joined by Casey, the madman plot from the scene snobs.com. Uh, and Jordan, of course, as we have been all companion series long. I'm really looking forward to this finale. Uh, there's so many questions that need to be answered, and I'm just hanging on the edge of my seat, wondering if I will be proven right, and uh, the Ten Rings will be linked. Um, what if, what if, I'm just going to throw this out there, what if they don't link it in the finale, but they'll give it to you in the Ten Rings movie in a post credit scene. I'll take what I can get at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can see them doing that. I, I feel yeah. like they can connect it later. Um, yeah. Just not right now. So my call right now, just off the top of my head, literally just popped into my head. There's so many loose ends right now that need to be tied up in the finale. Uh, I don't think there's going to be enough time to really tie them all up. Right. So I think the one loose end that's not going to be tied up is who the power broker is. And what that that will be revealed in the post credit scene. And the the identity of the power broker is going to be what links this movie to Shang-Chi. So it's either going to be the Mandarin or uh, as Fran in discord earlier today uh she threw one out there that really the power broker is shang chi's sister who we see shang chi fight in madripoor in the trailer for the shang chi movie so i'm just saying it's it might not be like a huge thing a huge storyline in the finale but i'm i'm banking on the power broker's identity being revealed as either the mandarin or as Fran put uh, earlier, Shang-Chi's sister, and it will happen in the post credit scene. And if I'm right, I'm going to go buy some lottery tickets. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Just go buy more Theta right now. True. Hey, ten bucks. No, seven. Seven? <laughs> oh, dang. I guess I should buy some. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough day. Yeah, I'd say because I literally checked when I was eating dinner <laughs> at like five hours ago and it was $10. Yikes. It's back to eight, though. Don't worry. Someone go check on Jordan, please. Um, uh, he's just sending me gifts. He's okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. Well, anyways, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, yeah. Join the Discord. Come hang out with cool people like Mel, who's always in there chatting away. Oh, speaking of, I almost Don't. forgot again. <laughs> she uh, left a little answer to our answer the boys question in Discord. She said, admittedly, I'm not a DC fan and still have not watched the Snyder Cut. I know, for shame. 
but I don't feel like a company, even one as big as HBO, would pay that much money on top of everything they had already spent for just a one-off project. She's talking about the completion of the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. I think that this was their way of testing the waters and seeing if it was something that could be lucrative and that people would want to see. I basically only snored my way through Justice League and Suicide Squad, and I'm not bothered with the rest of the DCEU, but I do plan to watch the Snyder Cut. And if they release the original version for Suicide Squad and not the obviously heck part plot hole filled monstrosity that we got, I would watch that too. Uh, Very good points. Um, Though I do think you're giving WB too much credit for not being complete morons. So (laughs) uh, we already know my hatred for WB, but you're right. It could totally be like a, they're just, you know, dipping their toes in the water, seeing if the water's warm. Uh, And at this point it's like a dang hot tub. It'd be silly to not just like slide right on in. <laughs> that was a terrible analogy. Anyways, so on that note, we're going to end that. Just end it. Tonight. Just end it right now. Strap it. We will wow. catch you all later. That's right. Have a good evening. <laughs>